Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1519. The topic is mindset and the title is Common Mental Mistakes I See in Clients. So these are mistakes that clients often make uh, mentally and there's a lot of them, but I figured I'd go through five today. And let's just talk about them and talk about the counterpoints to them and uh, see what we can figure out. <laughs> so one of the things that happens quite often is the client isn't ready or willing or fully committed to addressing the elephant in the room. <laughs> and what I mean by that is the thing that is really holding them back, they are hell-bent on doing a 1,000% to every other component, but they don't want to do 10% at that single component. So I work with a lot of personal trainers, very blessed, I love that because I know every time I help them, I'm helping everyone they work with. And it's surprising how many personal trainers are willing to be consistent with training, but their nutrition is scattered and it it seems like they're just kind of going with the wind. <laughs> you know, so some days they have breakfast, some days they don't. Some days they have a shake. Uh, in their morning clients, some days they don't. Some days they have a good breakfast, I mean lunch. Uh, other days they grab some kind of fast food crap that's near them. Uh, it's just, it seems to be kind of scattered all over the place. And it's a little wild in the sense that nutrition is ridiculously important. It is equally as important as training. But they spend all their day doing the training and they don't do really anything to the nutrition. And it's just, you gotta be, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know that in order to build tissue, like for new muscles, you have to have material. I, you know, if I want to build a brick house, I have to have bricks. I'm like, you're, you're eating no bricks. <laughs> so I was like, you gotta eat some bricks here. So we go through and we talk about that and it's just, you know, the initial thing is always, well, I don't have time to eat. I'm like, okay, well, either learn how to better manage your time or never make progress i think uh you know which choice there do we want to make <laughs> so we got to learn how to manage it so we have to learn how to find faster food options uh how can we better regulate our schedule so i work with a lot of the trainers to control their schedules and stuff and this goes with anybody you know we're all pretty busy people we we fill our time with stuff Unfortunately, some of the stuff is low priority compared to our eating, but we don't account for that. We still prioritize it above our food. We eat nothing all day. We overeat at night. We wonder why we're moody, horrible energy, tired, fat, and weak. Duh. Duh is the answer as to why. Duh. You're not taking care of yourself. So that's something that when I talk to them about it, there's always pushback and reasons why they have not yet done that. And I'm like, okay, I understand you have reasons. You know, I'm glad you have reasons. Otherwise, if you're just doing this willy-nilly, you know, not taking care of yourself when you could be, that's, you know, even that's dumb. So I'm glad there's a reason. <laughs> now let's attack that reason together. So we go through and we kind of uh, make adjustments for that. Another thing is clients, if they drink a lot of alcohol, maybe they drink alcohol every day, and yet they talk about wanting to get rid of their belly. And it's like, well, I'll train harder or maybe I'll go for a run in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, it ain't going to matter. <laughs> like, you can train every day. You can go for a run every day. But if you're drinking, you know, multiple cans of beer every night, if you're drinking a bottle of wine every night, that's really not going to help. So we have to decide, you know, and 
if I want more progress in terms of my aesthetics, doing a little bit more, like doing more physical fitness, physical movement, it can help to some degree. But all of a sudden, you're trying to get up every day to do morning cardio. You're trying to fit in a workout all like every single day, you know, whether it's at lunch or right after work, even though you have kids, even though you have other like responsibilities. And then all of a sudden you burn out and say you can't do it. And it's like, well, you wouldn't need so much damn physical movement if you would just stop drinking alcohol every night. Now, I understand there are emotional reasons. There's mental, emotional health aspects, you know, that people are connected with alcohol at times. It's, um, you know, it's a distraction. It's something that's a, a release for them. So we talk about that with my clients who are willing to address that. We talk about, okay, well, what does the alcohol do for you? What are you getting from it? And then can we substitute that with something else that isn't so detrimental? So I'm not, I'm not telling people to quit cold turkey and just, well, that's dumb. Don't do that. And then never follow up. That's, that, that would be dumb on my part. <laughs> so we talk about emotional, nutritional aspects, um, you know, and we work through it. But it is something that they have to be willing to reduce. Maybe, you know, switch to every other day, switch to only a couple days. There has to be some kind of modification to it. And that's the idea with the first kind of mindset flaw is when an external viewpoint, which would be mine looking into their life, I'm like, hey, there's this one really big issue here. Uh, you know, let's work on that. No. Uh, <laughs> why not? And then we talk about it if they're willing to. But that's something that's I see a lot is, is you know, either just crappy nutrition and they want to make up for it by overtraining and it just isn't going to work long term another one we have is to they're afraid to stop harmful behaviors and this could be alcohol this can also be a lot of other things but there are things they're doing that are getting in their own way and it reminds me of the quote better the devil you know than the devil you don't know and what this kind of means is is if they're if we're wanting to make changes the fear of the new, what the changes could result in, is uh, paralyzing for some people. So in their mind, they're kind of thinking like, what if it gets worse? So I, I, I kind of present a question to them. I'm saying like, well, say to yourself is, you know, I don't know what will happen. But I do know what will happen if I stay. If I stay, I get exactly what I have right now. And what I have right now makes me depressed, frustrated, I'm always wanting to make changes, but I'm always afraid to make changes. I'm just in this, like, middle area of life where I'm not going downhill, but I'm not going, I'm not getting better. I'm unhappy, but I'm not so unhappy that I'm willing to risk being more unhappy. And it's just this horrible place uh, to be. So I told one client recently, and they have a good sense of humor. We've joked about a lot of other things, so this is going to sound rude, but they have a good humor for it. I said, you can always go back to being fat. I was like, you can, you can always go back to being fat. If you're afraid that doing these new diet, doing this new stuff might lead to something worse, what's the worst? Like, you're already overweight. You're just going to get more overweight. Is that what you're afraid of? And I said, well, you're already overweight. Like, you're already fat. If we try some things, it kind of sort of works, but you fail and you go back to being fat. Oh, well, like you're already fat. And that sounds so rude now that I'm saying it out loud. And they were laughing the whole time. And they said, I know what you mean. And what we were saying was, is where they are is ridiculously unhappy. 
So I said, what we're going to try to do is either going to make you happy or you're going to go back to being unhappy, but you're already unhappy. So what's, why not try it? <laughs> why not try it? Because it can't get much worse than where you are right now. You know, that was kind of the idea. So we were joking about it and we decided to go ahead and set up like parameters and set up little targets and everything that we're going we're gonna to work on. And uh, they've been working on it for like two weeks now, I think. So... It was funny in the sense that when I told him, I said, you can always go back to being fat. That's not going to be, that's not an option that's going to go away for you. <laughs> you can always get back there if you need to. So we, we were joking, but that was something that, that was challenging for them was, you know, they're afraid of what might happen. And I said, well, be more afraid of what happens if you stay. If you stay, you know what you're going to get. You're getting it already. And you're going to get that for the rest of your life. Is this where you want to be for the rest of your life? At least try something new because maybe something new can happen. Maybe you'll get somewhere happier. You know, you're not going to get much, much unworse. Like, I mean, much, much unhappy. So you're already unhappy. It's that that's end of the spectrum. You're already kind of really close to. There's not much more unhappy to get, but there's a lot more happy to get. <laughs> you know. So I was like, why not try it at least a smidge, a little bit? So we started working on that. Then. Uh, clients also struggle with uh, paralysis by analysis. They always ask really nuanced questions, and it always drives me nuts, but that's my job is to answer those questions. But the reason why it drives me nuts is I'm like, you're not even doing like the most basic things right. Why the hell are you worried about this? You know, so I don't even have a great example because my, my brain gets frustrated with it, so I just let it leave my brain and I'll hold on to it. <laughs> but... People will ask, for example, is quinoa better than brown rice? And I'm like, you're not even consistent with your calories. Like, some days you're eating 800 calories, some days you're eating 3,000 calories. I don't give a crap what kind of rice you eat. Eat whatever the hell you want. Let's just try to get it into a more of a normal range. You know, so I understand the question because if I'm going to eat, what should I eat? I got that. But... They never do anything to the basics. Like, there's just control. If you listen to podcast 1,232, it's a nutrition podcast titled Start Here. I mention it all the time. You can find it on our website, www.brutalironjim.com. In that podcast, it tells you the steps you should take to set up your own nutrition program. It tells you exactly what's most important and what you should focus on the most. Calories is number one. Protein is number two. Then the distribution and timing of your calories and protein is number three. Number four would be the food quality. Whether you're having, you know, sugars versus complex carbs, saturated versus unsaturated fats. Whether you should have carbs or fats at the meal, depending on what you're doing. You know, those things are important, but they're the fourth thing. So people often come to me and they ask me a bunch of questions at number four, but they're not doing the first three things right. So I'm like, I'm going to give you the answer because I want you to know. Like, th that's... By far, my main focus is education. So I'll answer it. But I'm also going to give you shit for not doing the first three things. <laughs> so I'm like, here's your answer. It, you know, quinoa is good for this. Brown rice is good for this. But hey, what have, what have your calories been? You know, what are you doing with your protein? How have you been distributing those throughout the day? So we check on those things. We want to see if we're doing the basics before we worry about brown rice versus quinoa. You know? And, um... That often is something where it's a self-protective thing. They want to get lost in the nuances, so they feel like they're investing knowledge, investing effort into learning the things, but they never have to start anything, so that way they don't have to fear failing the thing. So it's very self-protective. Is I want to get lost in the nuances and try to figure out the most perfect approach, so that way I never have to start, so that way I never run the risk of failing. 
which leads into a fourth mindset is, I've failed before, I'll just fail again. Why even try? Well, because we're going to try with a different approach. You know, if you've previously tried to get past a brick wall by running directly into it, that probably didn't work well. It probably didn't work well the second time, the third time, the fourth time. But what happens if you use a ladder? If I use a ladder, all of a sudden I can go over the wall. That's the idea. Stop running into the wall. Of course you're going to fail if you're trying to run into a brick wall. Use a different approach. Use a ladder. Maybe walk around the wall. <laughs> you know? So learn that there are options. Maybe you don't know how high the wall is, how wide the wall is, how thick the wall is. But you've tried an approach. It didn't work. You tried a similar approach. It didn't work. You tried a similar approach. It didn't work. Try a brand new approach. Let's try something new. If you try a new approach, you can get a new outcome. So just because you failed before doesn't really doesn't doesn't have any indication on how it's going to go in the future, unless you try the exact same approach. You know, if I tried to if I tried to get through the wall by running into it, and then I'm like, well, geez, you know, I'd like to be successful, but I, I guess I'll just try to run into the wall again. No, that's pretty dumb. Don't do that. So if you're going to try again. Don't try the same thing. <laughs> try something new. And if you're trying something new, then it makes sense that you're going to get a new outcome. You might find a second way to fail, <laughs> and then a third, maybe even a fourth, but eventually you'll find the way that's successful. And getting somebody to help, such as a coach or something like that, they'll be able to tell you all the ways that have been successful for other people and help you pick from successful choices, not unsuccessful choices. So it does help to have somebody who has experience, especially with multiple people and different types of people. You know, if a person was successful themselves, it doesn't necessarily mean they can teach it to you because maybe their path was different than your path. But at least they had one success, so they're still at least better to talk to than no one. But that's something I've talked to with clients before is they're like, well, I failed before and I'm just afraid I'm going to fail again. I'm like, well, don't do the same thing again. You know, so and we use the brick wall analogy because it's kind of funny. But I'm like, stop smacking your head off the wall and try to walk around it or go over it with a ladder. You like try a different approach. You know, if you try the same approach, are you going to fail? Probably. So try a different one. Then the fifth one we'll talk about is the mindset that I've already missed so much time, so I need to go 100% at this, and they end up creating this all-or-nothing mindset. They have to be perfect, or they're a total loser, and they're destined to be a loser for life. And it's like, oh, dear God, you're fine. Don't worry. Everyone screws up. Everyone messes up. We can still be successful. <laughs> so just because you missed one meal doesn't mean that you're a loser and your diet has failed. No. So we talk about you may have you may have missed time. There may have been an opportunity, you know, in your teens or early 20s or early 30s or whatever that you could have started earlier. Sure. I could have done that myself. You know, I started exercising and stuff when I was 15 and I wouldn't, you know, the, the idea of starting earlier doesn't come to mind, but having a better start absolutely comes to mind. As I took a long freaking time to realize what the hell I was doing because I didn't have the resources that are available in the world now. You know, I'm not a thousand years old, but I am old enough that I started this journey before Internet existed. So I didn't have Internet for the first couple of years. You know, I was trying to read a magazine and they were more interested in selling products than they were in actually giving you helpful information. So 
like their nutrition plan was wake up and drink this protein powder for this meal, eat like a chicken, and then have this protein powder for this meal, then take this pre-workout. So it was just really bad information because they were just trying to sell products. So I wasted a lot of time where I was active and I was busy, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And now when I get to train youth, like and I train 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, I'm like, oh, I'm so freaking excited for you because you get to start with the best stuff. I'm like, ah, oh. it's just so exciting. And I'm so fired up because I want to show them everything. Uh, so it's just really, really awesome. But if you've been afraid of the amount of time that you've wasted and you've developed an all or nothing mindset, you'll find that that doesn't, that doesn't lead you to success. You know, you're going to try your best. Something gets in the way that you can't control. Then all of a sudden you freak out. Then you quit. Don't do that. So stop wasting even more time. (laughs) And just take small steps that you can allow over time to become permanent behavior. So don't start with an all or nothing. Just start with a, can I do something more than I did before? That's kind of the idea. So starting slow isn't a waste of time. It's an investment. So it's like compounding interest. You know, if you... Invest like $100 a month and say you get an annual return of like 10%. You know, after one year, you would have, like I actually calculated this, by the way, because I wanted to see what it was. You would have $1,320, so $1,320 if you invest $100 a month. After five years, you have $8,000 and some. Ten years, you have $20,000 and some. I mean, ten yeah, after 20 years, so 20 years of $100 a month you'd have $75,603. So after 20 years, which is 240 months, if you've invested $100 a month, you're getting the equivalent of $315 a month. So your $100 a month investment is earning you three times the impact. Three times the impact. And that's the idea is if you start small, it doesn't mean you end small. It at least means you'll end ahead. (laughs) So rather than all or nothing, all or nothing, and ending with nothing, start small. And it doesn't mean you'll end small. It just means that you're going to end ahead. So in 10, 20 years, the efforts you're putting in now are earning you three, four, five times the outcome. So those are five mindsets that I often see clients struggle with. Not addressing the elephant in the room. The biggest issue, they're trying to skirt around and do everything else a thousand percent to make up for this thing that they're not doing. They're afraid to stop harmful behavior. Again, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Well, you know what you're getting now. If you keep doing that, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. If you want something new, you've got to be willing to try something new. Then paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out all the small little nuances before you ever start so that way you don't have to face the fear of failing, try and fail anyhow. It is much better to fail than it is to never try and never succeed. I have tried a million things when it comes to nutrition and training and business, and I have failed at almost all of them. (laughs) It's just, it's the nature of the beast. You know, you try a bunch of things. You might try 10 things and find one that works. What you're going to be happy about is finding that one. You're not going to worry about the nine things that didn't work. You're going to be so freaking excited that you found that one that you're diving into the next ten things. And that's really helped me in business. I've tried so many things. 
uh, with the, the gym and online work and stuff that just did not work. And looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, thank God that didn't work because it wouldn't have led to the lifestyle that I wanted or it would have led to just a different way of doing things that maybe wouldn't have matched my personality as well. Uh, so sometimes it's nice that things don't work out because it's in your better interest. You then move on and you find something that works even better. And you're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. You know? So you have to be willing to, to fail to find the thing that's successful. Then the fourth mindset thing is I've failed before. I'm just going to fail again. Not to use a different approach. Again, if you fail by running into a brick wall to try to get through it, stop running into the wall and get a ladder. <laughs> you know, get a different approach. A new approach can lead to a new outcome. Then the fifth one is I've already missed so much time. And I'm freaking out. So it leads to an all or nothing mindset, which eventually leads to a nothing mindset because you can't control everything in life. So you just have to be willing to invest small efforts, roll with the punches. If you miss a couple things, oh well, you're moving forward slowly. And just because you start slow doesn't mean you end slower and small. It means you'll at least end ahead. And that's the goal. Okay. Well, I hope that this was helpful. If you struggle with any of these mindsets, hopefully some of the information helped. If you want any extra help or you just want to have someone listen to you, <laughs> shoot me an email brewlirongym at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer questions or just reflect with you on what you're struggling with. Cool. Well, if you like today's podcast or the podcast in general, please consider sharing it. The more people we share the podcast with, the more people it can help. Sharing it on social media is the best way to reach the most people, but even if you're just sharing a conversation, that's super awesome as well. Just let people know that the podcast exists and it will answer their questions for free. Thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. The podcast is well over $1,000 a year for hosting costs. I give an hour to it every day, and we're going to keep it for free. You can donate at our website at www.brutalironjim.com. You can do a one-time donation, monthly donation, yearly donation, anything you give, even just 5 bucks a month. It does add up and it does help. So thank you to those who do that. If you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram every day. I'm posting a lot more on YouTube, so please check those places out. And then if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything that you want to know, let us know at our email, brutalironjim at gmail.com. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.